The Republican Party absolutely has denounced the January 6th violence. Your party never used to be that forgiving of losers, did it? They won, and they played by the rules. Joe Biden won, I'm afraid to say. And... Spare a thought for the Republican Party in the U.S. Donald Trump lost the last presidential election, but he refuses to go quietly or even at all. In fact, he still claims against all the evidence that he won. My guest this week from Washington is Jack Kingston, former Republican lawmaker and Trump advisor. Why do so many in his party cling to a bad loser and his big lie? And what kind of party is the GOP becoming? Jack Kingston, welcome to Conflict Zone. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Who won the presidential election last November? I'm asking you because Donald Trump still says he won. Are you part of this fantasy? No, Joe Biden won, I'm afraid to say. And uh, they won it the old-fashioned way through uh, getting their people to the polls. Um, uh, you know, I do think that uh, the court system along the way helped them. COVID helped them and the change in voting rules. But they won and they played by the rules that um, were there at the time. And uh, I did not like the outcome of it, but uh, he did win. It's, it's one thing for you to say he didn't win, um, and it's quite another thing for him to say it, but also large numbers in your party are buying into this enormous lie. Are you happy about that? No, um, I do think anywhere that there's fraud or... Uh, you know, maybe not necessarily fraud, but shenanigans or irregularities. I think that um, you want to investigate them. I've been very frustrated in my political life. Anytime I hear somebody about somebody who voted who should not have voted or a poll that stayed open longer than it should have or any kind of irregularity. Um, and I think, you know, looking at those charges is a healthy thing and in which neither party should be afraid of. But um, but the courts you know, threw them out. The courts threw them out. 60 courts threw, threw out the objections, didn't they? Um, I, I, I'm going to take your word on the number, but that sounds probably right. Um, I, I will say, you know, giving you an example, there's one uh, contested congressional election in Iowa right now that looks like it's going to be decided by a handful of votes. Um, there was another one in New York that just in the last couple of weeks, people agreed that the outcome was the outcome. In both cases, Republicans won, but Democrats are giving it all they've got to challenge those results. So um, it's not the first time results have been challenged at all by either party. Yeah, but it's the first time they've uh, spent a lot of time over it. And the, the candidate himself, even after the courts have had their say, refuses to buy into it. But, but tell me about the party, because what does it say about so many members of your party that they're buying into this? Well, I, I think our base has bought into it, perhaps out of a suspicion of big tech, big media, um, biased reporting and so forth. And they have had this kind of uh, uh, maybe instinctive reaction that could be unfounded. It could be 100% emotional. There were enough irregularities to give this thing some traction. Um, and then you have the precedent of people like Jimmy Carter and Hillary Clinton all calling Donald Trump an illegitimate candidate. I mean, for, for crying out loud, 
the Democrat Party bought into this Russian hoax for two years and drugged the American people through that drama, which was a, a fake drama, but um, they believed that. So, you know, unfortunately, that's the state of suspicion that we both have. Uh, we two parties have towards each other these days. And, yes, and but, I think but this is a man, Donald Trump, lost the White House, he lost the Senate, he lost the House of Representatives. Your party never used to be that forgiving of losers, did it? Um, why is it that so few senior Republicans have the courage to actually say to his face, you lost, it's time to bring down the curtain? Um, there seem to be a lot of gutless people in senior positions in your party, is that fair? I don't think I'd agree with that completely, Tim. I think there are a lot of people who have concerns and they're reacting to those concerns and they're reacting to the base. But again, I, I can't emphasize enough, the Democrat Party, Hillary Clinton and Jimmy Carter himself, both denied Donald Trump. They called him an illegitimate president. The Democrat Party insisted he won because of Russian collusion, spent millions- But this is a long time ago. Jack Kingston, this is a long time ago you're going, but I'm talking about the state of your party now. I'm trying to, to get a handle on why the party is the way it is and why it's clinging to the, what everybody knows is a big lie. Tim, you might not like my answer, but I'm giving it to you. We are still very mindful of what the Democrats did to Donald Trump. They did not accept his presidency. I'd say maybe a dozen members of Congress would not even go to his inauguration. And incidentally, by the way, I did go to Joe Biden's inauguration. I did not have to go. I thought it was important for Republicans to go and accept it. But um, that's parenthetical. The, the truth of the matter is, though, that there is a lot of suspicion between the parties and bitterness. Mr. Kingston, this, this nonsense story about the election being stolen, this is what happens when so many people in your party tried to finesse four years of incessant lying by Donald Trump, isn't it? You never called out his lies. On the contrary, you all tried to claim that they were just hyperbole. They weren't hyperbole, were they? A good number of them were flat-out lies. But people in your party wouldn't call them out, would they? Well, it's a little bit like... Uh Joe Biden the other day saying there were no vaccines when he came to office, even though he himself had received a COVID vaccine in December. He stood up on national TV and said there were no vaccines when he came to office. Now, there's, maybe there's we not could, much comparison, is there? I mean, Donald Trump was accused of more than 30,000 false and misleading statements over the time he was in office. You know, he I lied from day one, didn't he? He lied from day one in the office. I think there's a lot of hyperbole. If you say, for example, hey, we're the best presidency there ever is, one, uh, you know, by a CNN type counter, they might say that's a lie. But most people would say, well, that's political hyperbole. It's not really a lie. It's an opinion and, it, and it's an exaggeration. But remember, I mean, let, if we're going to count up the lies, let's look at all the lies thrown at Donald Trump and the Russian hoax. I mean, you know, we're in a situation right now where adult behavior is not encouraged by politicians. And it would be great, for example, if the other night, last week, if Joe Biden in his State of the Union types speech would have acknowledged that Donald Trump and Operation Warp Speed got a COVID vaccine to the marketplace in 11 months, when all his critics were saying it was going to take five years he got it done in 11 months. And Mr. Unity President Joe Biden refused to even acknowledge that. So, you know, I mean, we're, we're at a situation right now where 
you, you're talking about the president who said that the virus was a, a democratic hoax uh, and who played it down consistently and said it was just as bad, uh, no worse than flu, and anyway, it was under control. Um, Mr. Kingston, the lies came home to roost on Capitol Hill on January the 6th, didn't they? When one by one, Trump and his acolytes whipped up the crowds into a frenzy and told them to go fight to reverse the stolen election. In other words, to fight for a lie. That was what they were being asked to do, wasn't it? Fight for a big, fat, blatant lie. Isn't that shameful for the party? I, I think that a lot of that has been misconstrued. Uh, Donald Trump should have been more forceful when he said, go to the Capitol peacefully. But he did say, go to the Capitol peacefully. A absolute truth, which the media has trouble acknowledging, by the way, under the category of lies, um, I, I think that what these people did was absolutely outrageous. The Republican Party condemned it immediately, as we did the riots in Portland and Seattle and Chicago and all over America all summer long. By the way, still waiting on the Democrats to denounce any of that violence, um, including Joe Biden himself. And oh, come so, on, there were plenty of occasions when, when Joe Biden criticized the violence. You know that. I, of any. I, can, I, I'm not going to ask you to name one, but um, I, you know, what he did very tepidly is saying, you know, we, we need to look at causes, but I didn't hear him denounce it unequivocally. Um, the Republican Party absolutely has denounced the January 6th violence. And, um, you know, I think it's abhorrent. You say they've denounced it, Mr. Kingston. You say they've denounced it. Perhaps one of the most shocking aspects of January the 6th was that a YouGov poll a day later showed a plurality of your party members supported the attack on the U.S. Capitol. 45% of Republicans strongly or somewhat strongly supported it as opposed to 43% who strongly or somewhat opposed the violence. The point is this, if close to half your members... Tim, you can't take a YouGov poll seriously. Really. Are you telling I mean, me that wasn't the attitude among your party members, that they got it completely wrong? It's a narrative of the media, and I understand why the, the media wants that narrative, but Republicans have always denounced violence, whether it's Antifa, whether, whether it's BLM, whether it's Trump supporters... Uh, storm in the Capitol. We're, we're very, very consistent on that. And I was absolutely appalled by it. And the people who broke the law to go to jail, whether it was in Washington, D.C. or Seattle or Portland, Oregon, it's just um, there's no gray area to it. And, Is this and, now Donald uh, Trump's party? Um, Don Jr., his son, says it's now Donald Trump's party. Do you go along with that? I, I don't believe that it is. I think we're in a kind of a big tent situation. He's absolutely one of the dynamic leaders of the party. Um, uh, case in point, 10 of the House Republicans who voted for impeachment now have multiple candidates running against them, somewhat as a reflection of that. But just in the same way, Democrats stay, step out of line with their party leaders, you know, and, and say that the Russian hoax was absolutely a hoax they would be opposed as well. So, but, it, um, but if it is Trump's party and you say he is a dynamic leader, then it's going to be a pretty aggressive and vindictive organization, isn't it? You remember what Don Jr. said on January the 6th? He told the crowds of cheering supporters that if they weren't going to fight to change the election result, then he was coming after them. If you're going to be the zero and not the hero, he said, we're coming for you and we're going to have a good time doing it. In other words, do as we say or you'll regret it. This isn't politics. This is open, unashamed thuggery, isn't it? 
Well, I don't know. When when Barack Obama says they're going to come after us with their knives, we're going to come after them with their, with our guns, I, I'd say that's really not thuggery. It's political uh, rhetoric. All politicians use the word fight. If you watch the most recent uh, sham impeachment, the Trump defender lawyers show time and time again where from Chuck Schumer to Nancy Pelosi to Joe Biden and everybody in between use the word fight. And if frankly, if politicians in Europe aren't using the word fight, they're probably not getting reelected. It's just something people want you to do when you go to office. It doesn't mean. But these threats, these threats, Jack Kingston, that we heard, they weren't empty threats. We saw in your state, Georgia, what they meant when election officials dared to suggest Trump might have lost the state. They were threatened with violence. Their families were threatened. And Trump did nothing to condemn such blatant intimidation. Remember Gabriel Sterling? implementation manager of Georgia's election system, directly addressing Trump and telling him, all of you who have not said a damn word about these threats are complicit. Stop inspiring people to commit potential acts of violence. Someone is going to get hurt. Someone's going to get shot. Someone's going to get killed. And so they did on January the 6th. You like that kind of vigilanteism that he was talking about? Trump supporters targeting election officials, trolling them, harassing them at their homes because they didn't engineer the result Trump wanted? Is that the way you want your party to behave? Well, let me ask you this, Tim. Were you that upset when the Democrats were getting in the face of Sarah Sanders and Maxine Waters um, was saying, get in their face, disrupt them? And um, uh, Congresswoman Tlaib said, impeach the MF proudly on, on Inauguration Day. And Every time about- I ask you about the Republicans, you turn it around to talk about the Democrats. I'm asking you about your own party, your own party. I, I guess what I'm telling you is I'm not going to be on defense. I know that's what this is intended to be, but I'm not going to be because you, if you look at the rhetoric of the Democrats, which led to the violence that killed 50 police officers this summer and injured hundreds of Americans, why is somehow that kind of rhetoric removed from the result? And yet uh, Don Trump Jr. says something and he's got blood on his hands. We, we, gonna- we talk to the Democrats about what they do and say. I'm talking to you as a Republican about what the Republicans do and say. And these threats, these threats clearly had an effect, didn't they, in the trolling and the harassment of local officials in Georgia. You saw it. Well, it's a fact, isn't it? Okay, let's go back to my home site. Gabe Sterling is a friend of mine. Gabe and I have been friends for 25 years. I think he and Secretary Rapsenbergers did a very decent job under very tough circumstances. I did not like the out-of-court settlement that they did last spring, which led to so many shenanigans on the Democrat part. But I think given the post-election card they de- they were dealt with, they were okay with it. However, let me say this, none of them had physical violence against them. I served in Congress for 22 years. I got death threats as does most do, most elected officials get death threats. Most of them are rhetorical. In this case, the uh, uh, quotes that you're citing are rhetorical. Nothing has happened to Gabe Sterling or Brad Rapsenberger or Governor Kemp or anyone else. And um, the outrageous and, and the outrageous threat from Trump himself to Georgia's Secretary of State, as you mentioned, Brad Raffensperger, that if he didn't find Trump another 11,700 votes and overturn his defeat, he might find himself facing criminal liability. You think that's fine, the begging for votes and the implied threat if they weren't being given, if they weren't found? Tim, you think that's I, I, okay? I, I, 
Here's something in which we could agree. I don't think that phone call was productive at all. So, uh, I mean, it was an abuse was of power, productive. wasn't it? It wasn't just not productive. It was an abuse of power, wasn't it? Listen, I know the media is obsessed with Donald Trump hatred, but can you not see that this type of discussion, this type of rhetoric has been building for years in America? It's a sad thing. But I'll, I'll say this. This is about accountability, Jack Kingston. It's not about the media taking a position. It's about accountability for things that you say and do. Okay. That's what it's about. And, and I have agreed with you that that phone call was not productive. So let me go on record on that, Tim. You know, now, let me say this, though. The, the party right now, I think, is in a very good position. Um, we will sort through the kind of the Trump and the non Trump types in the party, and I don't mean hardcore non-Trump, uh, but um, I, I think we'll we'll sort through that. Just as the Democrat Party has their hard left progressives, they deal with it, and they have the moderates. I mean, that's part of being a majority party. But history's on our fav on our side. Um, How can you say that? How can you say your party's doing well? What happened to real diversity in the Republican Party? Different opinions. You know, lifelong Republicans have lined up to endorse Joe Biden, didn't they? Last September, 100 former Republican lawmakers, friends and fellows of yours, endorsed Biden. More than 70 top Republican national security officials went over to Biden. Hugely respected public servants who were the intellectual bedrock of your party, and now they've gone. Let, you, let, you can afford to lose those people? I mean, come on. The Lincoln Project that brought in $90 million pocketed $45 million in their own consulting companies, then imploded under allegations of sexual harassment. Is that who you're- I'm, I'm, I'm talking about people like former Defense Secretary Chuck Hagel, former CIA and NSA Director Michael Hayden, former Director of National Intelligence John Negroponte, William Webster, former Director of the CIA and the FBI. I'm talking about people like that who wouldn't, under any circumstances, vote for a Republican Party led by Trump. And you're not worried that you're losing people of these caliber, this caliber? Well, two things. I, I think the media should be worried and doing some soul searching on why did you have the Lincoln Party leadership on your TV shows over and over and over again up until it was found out. I mean, even after the election, the media built up the wonderful people at the Lincoln Party, again, seemingly sexual harassment, harassers and uh, perhaps You're not answering my question. You're not answering my question, Jack uh, Kingston. Let me say this. In terms of the has-beens that you named, I understand they're not in the in crowd. They were on the outs. The Trump movement was about populism. It's about the working man and women. These people were left out because they were Washington insiders. And I can tell you, I've seen it over and over again. Washington insiders who don't feel like they're a member of the gang, they switch parties because suddenly they can become relevant again. You know, none of those people particularly hurt us because they never helped us. And you so, insist you insist you're in a good place. In the eight presidential elections since 1988, you won the popular vote just once. In this last election, there were more registered independents than registered Republicans. And that puts you in a good place? Yes. Let, let me tell you why. Three reasons. Number one, history shows from Bush to Trump to Obama to Clinton that the party out of power will take back the House and the Senate. History is on our side. Number two, there's Joe Biden himself. 
I don't know if he makes it four years. He could not remember the name of his own secretary of defense the other day. That, by the way, scares everybody and our enemies more especially watched it than anybody. Number three, look at the Democrat Party right now. Cuomo, their hero, the toast of the town, is has his own party saying he needs to resign. Then look at the other jumbo state in America, California. Gavin Newsom's being recalled. They only need a million and a half signatures. Can we come back? Can we come back to your party? Can we come back to your party? Jack Kingston, because because I want to get a sense. I want to get a sense of what the GOP will look like with Trump still controlling it as he does now. Let's take Marjorie Taylor Greene, newly elected to the House of Representatives last November. Notable statements. Her Barack Obama was a secret Muslim. In June 2018, she said a California wildfire was started by a laser beamed from space and controlled by a prominent Jewish banking family with connections to Democrats. Trump was so impressed with her racist and anti-Semitic views that he tweeted that she was a future Republican star. Marjorie, he said, is strong on everything and never gives up a real winner. Really? Is that the type of person who achieves star status in today's GOP? You happy with that? I, I would say that I have concerns about that, but I know that you haven't had those same worries about some of the silly things that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says. For example, remember, last year she said the Earth has 12 years left. We're down to 11. Um, that's that's pretty scary. Where's the media about that? Oh, it's okay, because she's good looking. She's a little socialist darling. What about Tlaib? What about... Tell me Ileana? about the concerns you have about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Tell, tell me, you said you just brushed it away and said, I have some concerns about... What concerns? What concerns? That they wanted to put her on the education committee until the Democrats voted her off? Wanted to put I, her on I, the education with I, views like that? How low can I, you sink? Here's what I know after serving in Congress for, uh, for, uh, for 22 years, that out of 435 people, you're always going to have um, the variety of people who say and do stupid things. Both party has them but they don't rule. Jack Kings, a few people do feel ashamed about the direction in which the GOP is headed, but you're not one of them. Jennifer Horn, former chair of the New Hampshire Republican Party, called its current state the most open embrace of an anti-democracy movement that we've seen in our country in a very long time. But these are lone voices, aren't they? All being swept aside by the Trump juggernaut. Outside, outside of America, there's huge concern about your party, about its attitude to truth, to a free press, to democratic checks and balances. Do you not understand that? First of all, let's put it in perspective, Tim. New Hampshire, one, we have 50 states. New Hampshire is one of the smallest. I've never heard of this woman, but you guys are holding her up now because she agrees with your narrative that she's some kind of icon of thought and process. I, what said, I, I said a few people are ashamed. I didn't well, set her up as an icon. Well, I, if there's nobody who's ashamed of their vote for, for uh to Joe Biden, when the guy gets up there, our schools aren't even open. Energy prices, gas has gone up about 20 percent at the the pipe uh, at the pump because he's um, already uh, started messing up the energy policy. The crisis on the border, where we have 150 percent, 157 percent increase in uh, migrants coming over, and they're not migrants, they're, you know, invading illegally, as you know, you, you hate the word illegal alien, which is a legal term, but that's what's going on. Um, these are these are self-imposed eras. Um, 
I, I don't see how the Dem Democrat Party can say, oh, I love the fact that kids are going, going to school one okay, hour away. Okay, but, well, we're, we're back on the Democrats. Let's, in the time we have left, can we just concentrate on the Republican Party? Because so many of your members seem still to want a man who has no interest in the trappings of democracy. If you go on eroding people's trust in democratic institutions, and Trump clearly has, it's only the despots and dictators who'll be glad to see you win. Doesn't that worry you? Even Trump admitted that he got on best with dictators. Birds of a feather, huh? It's amazing how the media has to go to name column. Here's what I know. Here's what I know, Tim. You look at the states that are run by Republicans, 27 of them, the majority of states are run by Republicans. The ones that have governors like Ron DeSantos in Florida and Governor Abbott in Texas, they're reopened. The economies are going well. People are enjoying their freedom. Schools are open, so children aren't losing a year. That small businesses are coming back. Jobs are being found and created. That's and what half a million Americans are dead because of What's the that? actions of a president who said, it's all under control. It's all under control. I guess the Republican Party is bigger than Trump, but the media isn't. The media can't get over Donald Trump. And I understand you don't like conservatives. You don't like freedom. You don't like individual responsibility. You want California. You want New York. You want Maryland. You want the nanny state. You want people to be locked down. You want everybody to drive down the street by themselves wearing a mask. I mean, it's silly. You okay. don't believe science. Jack, Jack Kingston. Science, but you don't. I mean, now, now Jack Kingston, we're, 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 we're out of time. Thanks very much. I really appreciate you coming on the program. Thanks very much. Yeah, Thank you. Good sparring with you, brother. Thank you.